Welcome to another episode of The Granite List Live. I'm your host, Sally Pace, and we are here live at U-Powered Symposium in Miami, Florida, and I am so excited about our next guest. I'm joined by Wendell Potter. He is a world-renowned author and former Cigna executive. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but what I think I'm most excited about is um, the, the stint in your career that led you to be from our alma mater, UT, um, on the staff of the Daily Beacon. I'm sure that was a pivotal moment in your, your journalistic journey. Tell yeah. us a, a little bit about your upbringing, Wendell. You know, my stint, I was editor of the Daily Beacon at UT, and I think that was uh, an important training ground for me. I was very proud of my first career as a journalist. I was a reporter not only for the Daily Beacon and editor, but I became a reporter in Memphis for what was called the Memphis Press Seminar. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, that was such good training. I began to feel uh, that I could speak truth to power. I didn't uh, have a hesitation about talking to people who had influence and power. And I think that uh, that helped me a great deal. Now, I was born not too far from Knoxville, right. grew up in the hills, uh, pretty poor family, and uh, was able to go to the University of Tennessee because my parents just socked away enough money for me to go. So I was able to do some things that a lot of the folks that I grew up with weren't able to do. Awesome. And then, then of course, you rose in the ranks in the carrier industry. Um, can, tell us a little bit about that. Well, my first role within Buka within big insurance was uh, at Humana, and I was hired to be the uh, a guy who supported at that time their hospital division. A lot of folks might have forgotten that Humana was largely a hospital company. While I was there, they decided to spin the hospitals off, and I was leading corporate communications for Humana when I was recruited uh, by Cigna. And I went to Cigna, and I was there for about 15 years, rising up through the ranks and became. Vice President of Corporate Communications. I had a very unique position in that I was handling financial communications as well as supporting and being a part of government affairs as well too. I was the company's chief spokesman, worked very closely with the CEO and investor relations. So uh, it gave me a, a, a very unique perspective and understanding of how big insurance companies really operate. Okay, I wanted to, you, you were a keynote speaker here at the conference and I want to talk about um, what I'm going to call the three C's that you mentioned during your presentation. Cigna, cost shifting, and consumerism. Um, how have you seen those three play out in the condensed version? I know you have, well, folks that want to read all about it can buy one of your books, but um, tell us a little bit about the cost shifting perspective and what you've seen there. Well, I will. And by the way, Cigna, where I worked, as I said, for 15 years, has grown and changed. It was a very big company when I worked for them, about 50,000 employees. I think it's got more than 70,000 now. Uh, it has changed through vertical integration to be far more than just an insurance company as we know them to be or they, as they were at that time. They now encompass a great big PBM. Uh, and uh, cost shifting has been something that I've focused on from my time at Cigna in, in the industry. I saw that the strategy of the industry of pushing more and more people into high deductible plans, which we referred to euphemistically as consumerism or consumer-directed plans. I knew back then, and it was one of the reasons I left the industry, because I knew despite what I was expected to say, the propaganda that I was creating, that this was going to be a real problem for most American families, and it's turned out to be that way. Mm -hmm. Consumerism was just a term that we use 
to baffle people, to mislead people, to think that, as I said on the, on the stage today, we got people to actually believe that Americans were clamoring for more control over their health. That was one of the ways we sold consumerism or cost shifting. And it has worked out so well for these companies because it is a way, obviously, that they avoid paying a lot of claims. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, been a way of pad the bottom line ever well, since. Let's talk about one, one person in particular, a woman named Nataline. Um, share her story with us. Nataline Sarkeesian was 17 years old and her doctors said she needed to have a liver transplant. Uh, they were convinced, they, they provided compelling evidence that if she had this transplant that uh, uh, they were confident that it would be successful, she had lived for years. But a medical director at Cigna, 2,500 miles away in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. decided that in his opinion it wasn't medically necessary. So he, he denied coverage for the transplant. It would have been about $200,000, $250,000, which by the way, was almost exactly the same amount of money that Cigna had spent around that time, uh, winding and dining investors and analysts at a half-day event in New York. The family was obviously very frustrated and upset. They began to uh, go to the media to complain about Cigna refusing mm -hmm. to cover this transplant for Nataline. And it became a big PR nightmare as company spokesman and heading the, the corporate communications team. It was my team's responsibility to try to make this go away if we could because mm -hmm. it was tarnishing Cigna's reputation. Ultimately, because of the, the publicity that the family was generating, uh, it just came, became untenable and Cigna decided we're going to cover this transplant, uh, try to say that we would in a way that wouldn't establish a legal precedent. I was kind of pleased the work that I had done might have helped Madeline get that transplant that she needed. Unfortunately, just five hours after Cigna agreed to cover the transplant, Madeline passed away mm. at 17. Uh, and when her parents buried her, I just, uh, it was almost kind of burying my desire to keep doing what I was doing. So I made a commitment uh, to find some other way to earn a living and a few, you know, sometime later, not long after that, I, I walked out. Mm. So it happens, by the way, every day. That was a case oh, yes, that yes. got a lot of headlines, and it was very uncomfortable for the company. Uh, so my advice to anybody in that kind of situation is be a squeaky wheel. Uh, do all you can to uh, uh, make a big stink about a denial or a bill that's not appropriate. That's that's fabulous, and and now um, let's let's kind of. I'd love to you know, tap your brain and think about. Where we've gotten this far, I mean, things are changing. You acknowledge yeah. that that um, that you know, there is there has been a shift in consumerism in the healthcare space, and that you see a positive um, tide rising. Yeah, I do. So what do you think will happen over the next five years? Well, I think the next five years are going to be absolutely critical because uh, the Buka companies are not going to sit on the sidelines. They want to grow. It's all about profitable growth for them, and they are finding various ways to become bigger and bigger and more involved in our lives so that people who are at this conference and around the country who are in one way or another working to disrupt the space need probably to be better known, better organized, to make sure their voices are heard, what they're selling is understood, and to make sure that policymakers as well as employers and consumers know what, what is possible. I want these folks to kind of paint a picture of 
a, a better world and how they are working to do to create that world uh, to alleviate the burden on so many people who who are not able to pick up their medications at the pharmacy counter walk away because of high deductibles. There's so many people at this conference and around the country who are at work on that, whose hearts are in the right place. They're, they're in business and they are able, in my view, to make money while doing good. And that's what I want to Absolutely. try to help foster. Absolutely. So to that end, what would, you, what would you empower employers to do right now? Employers need to wake up. They need to understand if they are continuing to be a customer of one of the big companies mm -hmm. to understand uh, how they are being taken to the cleaners in many cases. And there are alternatives and we need to work and I think I can maybe help play a role in making sure there is a greater awareness mm -hmm. of what people here at this conference are doing uh, to really change the game. And the ultimate thing that needs to be done is change the narrative, to change the story that's being told and make sure that my former employers are not in charge of that narrative. Mm -hmm. And you know, it takes some communication skills and some effort, but it's, it's really crucial that, you know, recently uh, Kaiser Family Foundation and Purchaser Business Group on Health did a, a survey of the CEOs of the biggest companies in, in America. 90% mm -hmm. of them said that they are finding that it's becoming unsustainable for them, healthcare costs. So they are feeling at long last, they've felt mm -hmm. it for some time, but now they, I think, are at a position to realize this is not sustainable. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. We can't expect politicians to solve this for us. Correct. They're important, but we've got to work in the, uh, in the market to, to, to really affect change. Well, speaking of that, you've long known the power of the pen, and I understand that you have a newsletter yeah. that goes out. So tell our audience, if they wanted to become subscribers of that, where do they go? How do they get on your list? Well, thanks so much. It's called Healthcare Uncovered. Uh, you, it's on the Substack platform, so you can Google it and find it, or you can go to wendellpotter.substack.com to see the newsletter. You'll see that we have content on a regular basis, at least every week. Our goal is to have something new on the site every day. We're building to that. We're exposing uh, the, the tricks uh, mm -hmm. of, of these big companies. I spend a lot of time looking at their financial reports because I used to do that for a living for Cigna. Right. So I know right. I know how they make money, what they do with it. So we're shining a light on that, but also shining a light on what companies are doing that are not part of Buka, that are really involved in disrupting that space. So sign up and reach out to us uh, because we can maybe uh, raise awareness of the work that you all are doing. Well. I love that, and I do definitely encourage our audience to sign up for that, to take Wendell up on his offer, to share your stories back. And what I love about what the work you're doing is that you're helping educate employers on the tactics and the strategies. And of course, at the Granite List, we're helping connect employers and advisors on the solutions, point solutions that help them deliver on the things that you're encouraging them to change. Yeah. So. On that note, thank you so much for being here, and thank you to our audience for listening to another episode of The Granite List Live.